welcome to the Simple on Purpose podcast, where the whole focus is simplifying your home, your heart, and your life so that you can show up for your life on purpose. I am Shauna, mom of three, also known as your nerdy girlfriend and life coach, and today I'm going to talk to you guys about kid chores, having your kids do chores. This was something that I was asked to talk about, so I'm very happy to make it an episode where I can dig a little bit deeper into what we do and why we do it and how it works for us. And I'm going to share some advice on getting kids to do chores. I'm going to talk about allowance and chore charts and tips that have worked for us. But before you think that I have some magic spell that will turn your kids into happy chore doing robots, I just want to pop that bubble, like pop right away. My kids do chores, but it did not come happily or effortlessly. And you know, it still isn't, but that's okay with me. And I think this is the first myth that we need to bust. If we want to raise kids who have some homemaking skills and responsibility for taking care of their space, your kids will not probably be happy about doing chores, no matter what age they are. And what I always remind people, especially my life coaching clients is it's not our job to ensure our kids are happy all the time. Of course, we love it when it happens. It makes us feel like good moms, but the conditions to maintain their happiness are irrational and maybe often destructive, like eating hot dogs for every meal, never brushing their teeth, never turning off their screens. Like that's happiness to my five-year-old. So that's a topic that comes up often for me in life coaching, this notion that if our kids are happy, then we're doing it right. Let yourself off the hook, mama. It is up to other people to make themselves happy, to be their own happiness. It's not your job. So if you can make peace with them feeling uncomfortable, maybe even angry about chores and knowing that you might be tempted to echo that back to them and feel uncomfortable and angry too, but you're still going to show up with love and consistency, then let's get started on some strategy to introduce chores into the lives of your children. My first tip is to know your why. A while back, I shared a picture on Instagram of my son who is, was four at the time, washing our front windows. And I'm going to put air quotes around washing <laughs> the windows. They were wet. I don't know if washing was the ultimate outcome. But I was so surprised that I had this slew of comments from people about how I was making my kid do chores and it was abusive and non-biblical. Now, I think these are extreme opinions, but they are also opinions I never even considered before. And I could appreciate how some people don't give their kids chores. I can understand that. Some parents say, hey, kids, go play. Like, we do the work. I can see that. But I know it's not for me. It's not for us. It's not for us as a family. There's a whole body of evidence that talks about the benefits of chores. And speaking as someone who didn't really, like, do chores as kids, I would like to offer my kids some training grounds that gives them a bit more skills and discipline in this area. So the first thing I suggest is to get rooted in your why. And this can be a conversation you have with your partner. Why do we want our kids to do chores? I mean, on the surface, we know we want them to help in the house. We want them to learn how to clean things. We want them to be responsible. But what else do we want? For us, I've learned that I want my kids to see that chores are not so bad. They're not scary. They're not just for adults. I want them to see that it's a way to contribute to a family unit, to be part of a team. Like this is an important value we have in our family is teamwork. I want them to scan a room and see things that they know they're responsible or for something they can take action on. This isn't where we are right now, having them learn these things and see these things and do these things, but it's where we're going. So I'll tell you about how we got started. And it was about three years ago, we started Saturday morning chores and it was cleaning their room. And at the time, my kids were 
um, about six, four, and three. So you can just fill in the blanks on how that went exactly as you'd expect. <laughs> it was an, an effort on my part to stay consistent every Saturday and make Saturday chores a thing. And like with all rhythms that we want to make in our families, it takes work up front, but now it's its own thing. It's a habit. We say Saturday morning chores and the kids know what's expected of them. And there's a lot less handholding. And then we built up to the second chore. So they clean their rooms and they do a second chore on Saturdays. The second chore is usually um, the same for my oldest. It's dishes because he's tall enough to do them all. The second chore for the younger two just come from this mental list I keep in my head and I offer like, you want to wash the windows, wipe down the bathrooms, wash the walls, take the shoes to the mudroom vacuum and, and they can pick. And along the way, we've added in midweek chores for my oldest. And now that we're all home, we're all in isolation, the house is always messy. So we've included morning chores. In the mornings, we expect them to just run through their rooms, make their beds, clean up their clothes. And every few days we add in an extra chore that we ask them to do. I want to talk about how we introduce the chores. And when we introduce Saturday morning chores, and as we've added second chores and added midweek chores and now that we've added like isolation (laughs) chores each time we did this by sitting down with the kids and this was usually during a family meeting and if you want to hear about family meetings you can check out episode 20 on that so the reason why we do this instead of just like wake up saturday we're shutting off the tv new world order everyone does chores like we know that this will not super fly with our kids so we use family meetings because there's usually candy People are a bit more open and they're a little bit more excited about being a team and being in our family. So we think the delivery matters and that's where we propose. Well, we don't propose them. We're like, this is what's happening. Do you have questions? (laughs) Pretty much. But that's how we have started chores in our house. And we started with bedrooms here. And I think you can start wherever you want. If you don't want to start with kids' bedrooms, if you want to start with like one simple chore, I think that's great. Just starting small and starting simple with the knowledge that everyone understands we're working up towards something bigger because the reality is bedrooms can be a big undertaking and some mornings it feels like it turns into a three hour long hostage situation of fun by a kid who's laying in the middle of their messy floor saying I can't do it there's a lot of emotional coaching that might be happening and that's okay this is the time to do it I'm like Saturday morning I've had my matchup my schedule's free bring it on tiny cave person like bring it on (laughs) we are doing chores And one thing that's helped, especially my daughter who gets overwhelmed by how messy her room is, is to make a checklist. So she'll look at her room and she'll just be like, I don't even know where to start. I'm overwhelmed. So I write out like four things that she can do. Make your bed, put your clothes away, put the books in the bin, put the toys away. She asks for a checklist every single time. And part of me has just watched her and been like, maybe she just feels like it's so much. She doesn't know where to start. Because once I give her the checklist, she kind of seems empowered and she just goes off and does it. I mean, of course, sometimes there's a lot of emotions. I think out of all the kids, she's the one who's the most carefree with her possessions and her space. And so it is messy and I do sit with her and I do talk her through it. This isn't always fun, but I've seen it pay off. I see that sometimes she'll say something like, I got this mom, I'm gonna go clean my room. Or maybe she'll set a goal sometimes for herself that she's gonna do chores without fighting. One thing that has also been really helpful in getting her to clean her room is to get her to pay attention to how her room makes her feel. So I do this with all the kids, but specifically her. When her room is messy, I lift her up to me and we look down into her room and I say like, look at how much space is covered. 
what's hard in here? How does this space make you feel? Like I'm life coaching you right now. <laughs> it's a trick. Then she cleans it up and I pick her up again and we look down into the space. I'm like, look at all this space you have. What are you excited to play in here? How do you feel about your room? Because I want her to look at her space and see that she's the creator of it. She is the homemaker of her room. I want her to have a vision for the space that inspires her. I want her to pay attention to the benefits of taking care of her space because chores are so much easier and motivating when they serve that vision. And if you listen to the most recent podcast that I just talked about, life coaching myself into doing dishes, this is true for adults as well. This is a lesson I've learned in homemaking like three decades later that I can teach her now. This comes along to another big thing I've learned about chores and I'm teaching my kids as well, is that we can have a certain attitude to chores that we pick up from our parents. If that's something that I'm bemoaning and cringing over and complaining about, I teach my kids that this is a task that is negative and undesirable. Or if I make comments about how I have to clean up after everyone and no one appreciates it and I'm doing all of this for them, then I'm teaching my kids that chores are like, lowly and you should expect appreciation and you probably won't ever get it. Like, I don't know about you, but when I was seven, I would not be sold on chores if that was the marketing messages behind them. And I'm not saying just pretend chores are the funnest game you could play and the Windex sprays rainbow and glitter and when you smile, work doesn't feel like work anymore. I mean, if you want to, sure, like if that helps you do it and it works, that's fine. But for most of us, we're like, no, chores are chores. I'm not saying to be naive about it, but I am saying we can remove some of the drama and the negativity. And how can you shift over to thinking that chores are something that serves your family, something you could possibly just enjoy? How can you do that? How can you get from chores suck to chores are great? Some thoughts in between, maybe chores are just impartial. Maybe some people even think chores are relaxing. Maybe some people think chores are interesting. I know this sounds weird, but I really love to scrub my sink with like the, like it's kind of like a baking soda scrub. I really love to scrub my sink. I think that's interesting. I just like the sensation of it. I like the results of it. And I mentioned in the last episode that I try to enjoy chores because I'm doing them anyways. So I help my kids do this. We put on music. Uh, open windows. Like I like to listen to a podcast. I like to be decluttering things and rearranging things and try to just keep enjoying it. So maybe you can think of ways that you can make this fun with your kids. Like I put on music for them. I drop in, we have a dance party. I'm encouraging them. And Hey, I would love to tell you that this is all it takes. They're happy. <laughs> they bought into my new marketing of chores and they're in, but it's not always happening like that. And for us, this is where rewards come in. And I know allowance is a personal issue. Some people even debate on if you should pay for chores or if kids should even have an allowance. For us, we choose yes, for a lot of reasons other than just motivating them to do chores, but for also the reasons that we want to use this opportunity to teach our kids about finances and money and like a work economy. Our kids get a weekly allowance for the chores they do. And some weeks they choose not to do chores and they don't get an allowance. We pay our kids based on age. And like I said, as they get older, they get additional chores added throughout the week and additional money. 
The other reward we use is a sticker chart and we've been doing it for about six months. We started last fall when my bestie Sophie told me about it and each kid has their own chart and they earn stickers and they use these stickers to redeem for like prizes and experiences like coffee dates or lunches out or craft stuff from the dollar store. Or a common one, especially with my oldest is iPad time because iPad time isn't something we have had a lot of before isolation. So that was a reward they like to redeem. And you can say that reward systems are not for you. I totally get that mentality as well. We have chosen to use them in our house because we've seen results and we're sticking with them. I want to talk about three expectations that can really set you up for making this thing hard. These are some mindsets that can be hard for us to accept as parents when we want our kids to be doing chores. And the first one is expecting perfect. For me, I found it's always more helpful to focus on them showing up and practicing than it is about the results. It's progress over perfection. I mean, the way that my four-year-old would wipe down a bathroom counter, like you get what you pay for guys. <laughs> I am not having them do chores so that I have a clean house right now. I'm doing them chores so that they can learn the skill. It's like painting or reading. Like we want to nurture the skill in them and we can do that and be loving and supportive and encourage them to make a bit more progress each time and each time. The next thing that can kind of be a hurdle for you is to expect outright obedience because your kids will simply not want to obey you when it comes to doing chores. Or you have a kid who does chores and a kid who fights you and like there's just going to be someone in the dynamic who's not wanting to do chores and you could see this as outright disobedience and you could punish it. And we have done that before. We have had like standards and this is what's expected and you can't leave your room until you've cleaned it up. This had not worked out well in the long run for us. Where we found more success is starting out with a conversation. What's going on for you? Like, I know you don't want to do chores today. You're feeling crappy about it. What feels hard? Like what's your, what, how can I help you? And we have gotten to a place where we don't demand it. We lay it out. We're like, this is what's expected. This is what you get if you do it. And when they show up later in the day and they want iPad time, we're like, sorry, dude, you didn't do your chores. If they want allowance and they didn't do their chores, we're like, sorry, you didn't do your chores. I want them to learn the skill of making that choice themselves. And that's where we have found success. Expecting obedience can really set me up for a fight. But when I expect that, this is a standard, it's up to them if they meet it, they need to practice this, then I can let go of a lot of the pressure of forcing it. And this kind of goes along with expecting obedience and that's expecting happiness. And as I mentioned at the beginning, your kids probably won't be super excited that you had them do chores and they're going to make you like best mom ever cards. Like this is not the day you're going to get little notes about how awesome you are. Don't take their feelings personally. Don't waste half your morning trying to talk them out of their feelings. I found the most success when I just give them empathy and space to work through it. I know when I'm sour about something that I don't want to do, sometimes I just need some space to work through it on my own. And I've talked about this a bit in episode 21 about the books that have changed my motherhood and a really great book I always recommend is Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child. That will really help you understand the role of empathy instead of enabling. And you can go back and check that episode out for a little bit of a recap on what that book says. And finally, I want to say, like with all things mothering, don't compare yourself. For me, I can quickly fall into the trap of seeing other moms 
online talking about the chores and what the kids are doing. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, their kids are learning so much responsibility. I should do that. And it almost negates all of the hard work that we've done. It all, it kind of takes me out of my own values and my own mothering. And it makes me insecure and out of touch with myself and what I actually want in my home, in my family. So watch out for times you're comparing yourself with the chore charts and the beautiful closets of folded clothes. That's them. And often that's Instagram. So maybe it's them and maybe it's a beautifully staged moment in time, but you need to think about you and get back to you, how you want to parent, how you want to show up. And showing up is just like my, my motto. You've heard me talk about it before. And it's, it's something that we really dive into in the Life on Purpose Academy and my life coaching. In this month in the Life on Purpose Academy, I'm teaching lessons on your future self. In the Life on Purpose Academy, it's also called LOPA. I just want to give you a little bit of an idea. There's two audio lessons and two worksheets that come out in the first two weeks of the month. This first lesson for future self was all about limiting identities and how we hold ourselves back with the labels we put on ourselves. And in the second lesson, we're talking about setting out a future based on how you want to show up, on your values, on your vision, and the thought traps that can really keep us stuck from showing up for our future selves. So if you want to join Lopa, you can join at any time. You can also purchase the last two months lessons on stress and hard things to get an idea of the content. But what's special about the Life on Purpose Academy are the weekly coaching calls. They're really the heart of the program. Each call, the women bring topics to get coached on. We cover it all from marriage to perfectionism, to planning your day, to knowing what you want to do with your life, lots about motherhood all about how we're showing up. So you can find all of this info in the show notes. And if you're listening on Spotify and you can't find the show notes, just drop by at simpleonpurpose.ca, click listen. All of the podcasts with all of the show notes are right there on a whole page for you. You can find everything that I've been mentioning in these podcasts. All right, guys, thanks for joining me for these talks about chores for yourself, chores for your kids. I would love to hear more of your show suggestions. You can stop by Instagram at simpleonpurpose.ca and let me know what you would love to hear about. And I just really enjoy spending this time with you.